I've seen a lot of people posting in Facebook about how to get around this new update. How are we going to hack this? No, be grateful that the CEO is telling us exactly what he wants, exactly what he's doing. Listen to him and adopt marketing strategies that do what he says, right? We don't need to go against it. Be the good kid in class and you will get a good grade. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of Perpetual Traffic. We've got Ralph Burns, Molly Pittman, and Keith Krantz, myself with you today. And big question we get all the time is, how do I scale my paid traffic campaigns? So today we're going to be talking about how to scale your campaigns, how to set yourself up for the maximum ability to scale. Uh, we're also going to be touching on some of the recent updates and big news about Facebook and, and Instagram and, and the algorithms and stuff like that. So super excited. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Happy to be back on here in the new year. Yeah. yeah we're recording from a not too bad spot here in Punta Mita, Mexico. That's right. right <laughs> Punta Mita, Mexico. We are at a mastermind war room. So Ralph and I are together, but we're in actually separate rooms, so we don't have the little kind of interference with the audio. I can see Keith's feet from inside. He's outside. He looks very comfortable outside. (laughs) You guys are looking at the ocean. I'm looking at the mountains. I tore my MCL skiing this week. (laughs) So I have a a really cool setup on the couch right now. (laughs) Unbelievable. I do have an announcement, a follow up from, you know, the announcement about me leaving DM and starting my own agency. I'm actually in the works, along with uh, Lindsay Martyr, the former managing editor at Digital Marketer. We're building out a brand at digitalstrategybootcamps.com. So we're going to launch a full site with different consulting offers related to funnels, content marketing, paid traffic, messenger marketing. Uh, We'll be launching a full site in March. So if you guys are interested in getting on the waiting list for that... It's digitalstrategybootcamps.com. You can sign up for the wait list and you'll get a really cool picture of my dog, Larry. Love it. (laughs) And who wouldn't want that, actually? That's worth the email address. He's part owner in that new company, isn't he? Oh, he runs the company. He runs it, yeah. Yeah, Larry's decided all of the core values, so... I've had people messaging and asking and engage, like, what's Molly going to do next? And honestly, I've been working on cool projects with different brands like Mini Chad and Kajabi and Pat Flynn. And I've been learning a lot about where I really bring value and, you know, what what types of clients I think that I can best serve. So these boot camps are going to be, you know, one-on-one consulting services where we provide custom tailored digital marketing plans over four to six weeks. So yeah, join the wait list if you're interested. I love it. Join now. So digitalstrategybootcamps.com. All right. So let's see here. Okay. Facebook's been in the news lately. Zuck shook the world up a little bit. Would you call it Facebook again or what was it? Zuckageddon. <laughs> Zuckageddon. <laughs> uh, I think we got some people freaking out over this latest update. What do you guys think? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I would say that panic is definitely a word used. I think it's, you know, anytime you're using a platform like Facebook to grow your business and the CEO comes out and says, 
things are going to be drastically different from the way they are now. You know, I think it instills a little bit of panic in, in everybody, which is totally understandable. But I think there are ways for us to rationalize this and realize that if you've been following the Perpetual Traffic podcast, if you've been really focusing on content marketing and building that relationship with the end user and buying ads, I don't think this update will affect you too much other than, you know, just really thinking about the way you're advertising. I think Facebook's looking for brands that really drive discussion, right? Mm -hmm. Meaningful discussion and not necessarily conversations that are one to many. Um, so I'm excited because I think this aligns with everything we teach. And I think the good marketers will continue to win. But, you know, I, I do think we'll see some changes for people that are using Facebook as a purely direct response platform. Yeah. And I also think that this is just really the sort of the final nail in the coffin, which is what the Wall Street Journal sort of refers to it as for organic reach for business pages. We've seen this decline. I mean, that was a big story last year that you know, there was there have been studies that have shown that business pages just in general are only getting about 2% reach on their fans or their their people that actually want to follow their page. So 2% reach organically is next to nothing. Yeah. I mean back in episode 82, Ralph, the yeah. death of organic social media with Mike Stelzer. Uh, Mike Stelzer that was almost exactly it. a year ago today. Yeah. You know, we knew this was coming. It was already happening. Yeah, and I think I think Zuckerberg is just announcing this within the framework of making it a positive, which there's been backlash on that as well. You know, how dare Mark Zuckerberg, you know, want to make me a better human being or a happier person or, you know, getting into the personal development space by, you know, restricting stuff that I've been seeing in my newsfeed, like news primarily. This is going to affect news sites primarily, but you'll also see more meaningful interactions. I'm putting my air quotes on the platform itself for friends and family. So I think what's happening is that they're clearing out space for news outlets, you know, that especially smaller news outlets as well as larger news outlets like the New York Times and so forth. But you're going to see more stuff from your friends and family. Uh, I also think that there's an undercurrent of this with the current state of affairs in the U.S. right now is that yeah, news articles are very polarizing and not mm -hmm. in a positive way. I think the election had a big role in this announcement. Absolutely. It's funny because, I mean, at any given moment in time, Facebook is testing about 10,000 different versions of its platform. And they tested this in a selected group of, I think it was three countries, four countries. And all of a sudden, those news organizations in those countries around large metropolitan areas noticed a major decline in referral traffic from Facebook. But also Facebook saw the the opposite effect is that there was more positive and meaningful interactions as a result. So I don't think Facebook does anything just, hey, we're just going to try this and see how it works. They're testing stuff all the time. You know what it means for us as advertisers. I think you're going to have a more positive user experience in Facebook, which is always good. But also this is clearing out some inventory for advertising mm -hmm. and yep. positive, meaningful advertising, which, you know, if you go back in last week's episode, 
which Keith addressed, like you have to have the right way to approach Facebook advertising in general. So I think it's gearing more towards that. As of right now, they say that this doesn't affect advertising at all. I don't know as if I necessarily agree with that because I think we're constantly seeing the value of pre-engagement content and solid engagement and positive experience, you know, less negative ads, more positive kind of ads, which yes, that is yeah. a trend that's going to move forward. And I think you've, this is the final nail in the coffin for organic reach for business pages. So you got to start spending. Yeah. It's a pay for play platform. Yeah. Platypus. Say that twice. This is also what I love about Facebook, right? You go into a Facebook office and immediately you know that this brand stands for what is best for people, right? Mm -hmm. And what's best for humankind. And of course, there are people out there that are like, what's Zuck going to say to, you know, his board? What's Zuck going to say to shareholders, right? Like, what does this mean for monetization? We're still going to be able to buy ads, guys. The inventory is just it's run out, right? So now he gets to say, I only want ads and I only want an experience that is best and healthiest for us as humans, right? I mean, with billions of people on this platform, he has a social responsibility to make a call for this. So it's a reason I've always loved Facebook as a brand. I think that they really look out for people. And I think that is really at the heart of this decision. And it happens to come at a time where there are enough advertisers and there are ways like Relevant Score to measure you know, the success of advertisers and how they're relating to the end user. So this makes sense to me. I think that, like Ralph said, we're going to have to take a much more positive spin on things, which I love. I think that's healthier for people in general, too. Right. I think this also opens, I mean, further opens a huge, huge opportunity for Messenger, right? Yeah. Which is one of Facebook's big initiatives this year. And if you read the article that was written by the head of Messenger at Facebook, we'll link to it in the show notes, you know, he really speaks to what they're looking to do with the Messenger platform. And what's cool about Messenger is it provides that one-on-one -on -one experience, even though it's not necessarily a real person, you know, from your brand talking to the end user at all times, you know, bots and, and Messenger allow us to have this private choose your own adventure. Um, let's serve the end user experience. So I'm really excited for what this is going to mean for all of us. Yeah, we'll be covering a lot of Messenger stuff in upcoming episodes as well, because we see that as such an important piece to this strategy and, and to exploiting and, and working on this platform and getting the best out of the platform, not just newsfeed ads only. So just a little hint there of things to come. I had the opportunity to spend five days in Portland last week with the CEO of Minichat, Mike Yang, and their head of partnerships, Dan Gamito. And I'm going to be making a free course for Minichat that launches at the end of February. So you will see a lot of messenger information throughout the next few episodes because I really think it's time. Last year was early adapters, people getting used to the platform, people treating messenger like email. Now it's time for us to really set the standard. What are strategies for Messenger, right? How can we think out of the box? How can we not use Messenger like email and use Messenger like the platform that it is? 
So we expect a lot from us about that over the next few weeks. People underestimate Zuckerberg's emotional intelligence. He's so much more emotionally intelligent than most people realize, which is why they've been so far ahead of the curve in acquiring things like Instagram, paying, according to everybody else, when they did it, way too much, right? Trying to acquire Snapchat and just technology, being in the AR and the VR game way ahead of everybody else. Very similar to Jeff Bezos. They always think about what's the best long-term decisions we can make for our users, period. And so us as advertisers, we win as well as long as we understand that. And so it's going to fall into the paid advertising as well. It's, it's organic algorithm typically, but you guys know that the, your paid ads are affected in a big way by the engagement level and your costs will go down if you have messaging that resonates with people and create more conversational type of ads, two-way conversations instead of passive consumption. Yeah. I mean, I think the brands that have just managed to like ride this wave and will continue to succeed and leverage the algorithm, that change will be driven by focusing on driving conversations, like meaningful interactions with other human beings. Like if you can figure that out as a business as to how to do it without being overly promotional, you're going to win at this game. And I think Messenger is a big, big part of that as well as, you know, ads that engage and are positive in nature. And remember, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about this at our mastermind here in Mexico this past week. It's like, this isn't your platform. It's Mark Zuckerberg's platform, guys. You know, we're, we're, we're sharecropping on his land here. So we sort of have to go with the flow here. It's not like your Facebook. It is a business. These are business yeah. decisions. He knows if he alienates his user base, there will be no more Facebook. So I think this is possible. Yes. And it's the biggest opportunity has ever been around. You just have to take advantage of it and adapt. And listen to him, right? In terms of the panic scale, if you're relying solely on organic traffic, you should panic, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't panic, but you should look into paid advertising. I've seen a lot of people that, you know, are posting in Facebook, which is funny, about, you know, how <laughs> to get around this new update, right? How oh are we going to hack this? And it's like, no, be grateful that the CEO is coming out and telling us exactly what he wants, exactly what he's doing. Listen to him and yeah. adopt marketing strategies that do what he says, right? We don't need to go against it. Go Do what he says. Yes. <laughs> Be the good kid in class and you will get a good grade. Yeah. yeah. And that, that goes back to Keith Boyd. He's much more intuitive that I think we all maybe give him credit for it. Like he is not like some nerd that's just created this strange. Well, the movie made him out to be that way, you know, yeah, to be kind of yeah. awkward. And But I don't think he is. I know people that know him personally. And they said he's one of the smartest people they've ever met. Understanding Absolutely. people. To build it to this level, 2 billion active users on Facebook and almost a billion active users daily on Instagram, you have got to be a pretty sharp dude and have also a bunch of sharp people that are, that are working alongside of you as well. So I, I think this is overall all positive. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk some scaling out. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So I actually wrote a post on the Digital Marketer blog at the end of this year where usually for the past three years, I've written a post that's, you know, lessons learned from running however many Facebook campaigns that we had run at DM that year. And the post was always pretty tactical, right? Like I would show the best ads that we ran, the objectives that worked best for us, the bidding strategies that worked best for us. And when I went to write this post this year, you know, I sat there and I was like, 
I don't want to talk about the tactical stuff right now because the tactical stuff, it either doesn't change at all or it changes every day, right? Like we can keep you updated on the tactical stuff, but there's a really big hole right now, I believe, in this market for some ways of thinking, especially around scale. So I wrote this article this year that really explains like, here is how you scale. Here are different ways to think about paid traffic so that you can become a better media buyer. So I wanted to add on to that article and really make that a discussion between the three of us today because I think it's really important. Let's do it. And we'll link out to the article in the show notes. The show notes are going to be at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 133, 133. So the first lesson, and I wrote these as, you know, things I wish I would have been told four or five years ago, just as like reflecting on my time at DM, time as a media buyer, you know, that, that type of stuff. And the first lesson, and I think the most important one is about scale. And the lesson is understanding that scaling paid traffic campaigns involves more than just increasing your budget. We've talked about this before, but we haven't really elaborated on it. And it's something that I still hear in the market every day. People associate scaling a traffic campaign or a business in terms of if I spend more money, I will get more of the same results, right? So if I'm spending $100 a day on a campaign generating 50 leads for $2 a lead, then why don't we just up that to $200 a day and I'll have 100 leads for $2 a lead. I see people literally plan their business growth off of math like this and off of thinking of paid traffic as a platform that you can just increase the budget and get more of the same results. Now, I'm not here to say that you shouldn't increase the budget, right? We recommend increasing the budget of a campaign about 50% every you know, three to five or seven days, depending on how, on how aggressive you want to scale. There's nothing wrong with increasing the budget on your campaign, but you have to think about the way the algorithm works, right? The algorithm doesn't work in a way that you're, you know, day trading, that you can just increase the budget and get more results because like we just talked about, Facebook is taking into account that you are showing these ads to real humans, right? So there might not be, you know, double the amount of people that want to take your desired action on that day just because you increased the budget. So I think that people that really succeed in scale, whether it's with paid traffic or just business in general, they think about scale in a different way, right? So I call the increasing of budget vertical scaling, right? Pretty common. That's what most people associate with scaling. But I'm a really big proponent of horizontal scaling. How can you scale your business and traffic in ways that don't involve increasing a budget and dealing with the algorithm of a traffic platform? This is my favorite way to scale, by the way, 100%. You don't have to add as many budgets because you have so many different types of hooks and offers connecting to people based on their personality and awareness level. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And horizontal scaling really involves how can you take something that's working and 
either reposition it to the market because you you kind of have to think about your market as a pond of fish. So if you're only using one hook, so say you're using like a pain benefit hook to get someone to opt into a particular lead magnet. If you're only using one hook, you're really only speaking to one little section of that pond of fish, right? Uh, Fish that really resonate with that messaging that you're using in your hook, right? That's why we talk a lot about creating different hooks for your offer. Maybe speaking to people's feelings, right? That will hit a part of your audience that's more empathetic. Maybe telling a story in your ad copy, right? That's going to speak to people that like to read stories, that like to consume information about others. You could speak to status in your ad copy. That's going to speak to people who might be more egotistical in the moment. Like I said, you can speak to your pretty default hook, which is, you know, pain and and desired and benefit. But if you're only using one hook and you're only targeting one part of your audience with one type of funnel and you're just increasing the budget by vertical scaling, you're leaving out this huge part of your market that just doesn't resonate with the ad copy you're using or the selling system you're using. So in my opinion, the best way to scale a traffic campaign or even a business is testing new ad copy variations or hooks, right? That's going to speak to people in your market who might want what you're offering. They're just different types of people, right? They've had different life experiences, right? They have different personalities. Maybe they've just had a different day than another person in your market has, right? Maybe they've had a really emotional day and they're feeling more more emotional in the moment. If you are writing different variations of your ad copy, you're only speaking to one person that that resonates with what you've written. So testing new variations of your ad copy, new hooks, different reasons that people might want what you're offering and showing that to the same audience that you're targeting or showing those new hooks to new audiences, that's wonderful. And really, you know, the scale is endless there in terms of how many people you can reach in your market. Another way to scale is just by introducing new offers and new selling systems or funnels. So at DM, a big way that we scaled was proving a funnel, right? Maybe the funnel first started with a topic like Facebook ad templates. We got that to work. Then we duplicated the funnel, but changed the content, right? We have funnels about SEO. We have funnels about blogging and content marketing. We have funnels about social media, right? So really changing the offer and what we're talking about, the the subject, so that it still pertains to the market, but it speaks to different people in the market who might be interested in different subjects than just Facebook ad templates, So creating new offers, creating new funnels, that will allow you massive scale because you can speak to people who are interested 
in a conversation other than that one front end offer that you've gotten to work. And then the third way is just really scaling out to other people in your market via new targeting. So it's not always about finding one ad set that works, one audience that works, and just increasing that budget. Remember, those are humans, not robots. Creating new ad sets that target other interests that are most like the ones that are working, that target, you know, lookalike audiences based off of different data that you have in your business, that allows you to scale because it gives you fresh eyeballs to show your content to. So I think this is a really, really important lesson as a media buyer or anyone in business it's not always about just increasing the budget. It's not always about finding a new traffic source. It's really about testing new hooks for your ad copy, creating new funnels and entry point offers, and finding new targeting options uh, so that you can really horizontally broaden the reach of your brand versus focusing on one vertical one audience that you just want to, you know, stuff your message down their face. And I think this really aligns to with a lot of the the changes Facebook's making. Yeah, well, without a doubt. I mean, it really is that that's like th- really three steps. Like those are the big three ways to scale traffic. And what you're really doing here is you're avoiding the dreaded one hit wonder. Yep. Like if, you know, one offer, one audience, one message, you can't scale with that. I'll tell you that right now. You can get to a certain point, like, and customers might come to us and say, oh, I've gotten to about $500 to $1,000 a day, you know, maybe $2,000 a day, and I can't go any farther. And we look into their campaigns and we see they've got one offer, they've got basically one ad that they're running. And that's great because it's getting them to that point. But to get to the next point or to get to the next level of their business, they have to, first off, start testing different ways to approach that same audience, just like you were talking about with different ad copy, different creative, different hook. And now Facebook is allowing you to do this so much easier and more simple. The way that we've typically done this in the past is to just test using the Michigan method, which is on episode 71, as I recall, uh, way back when. But there's a better way now. and we're, we're testing this with really good success called dynamic creative, where you can create, in essence, 30 different variations of your ads. And that's not even to mention that you, know, you can then take those 30 variations and then test them to different audiences like you're talking about and you're finding new targeting options part to things. So there's yeah. a, there's new tools that allow you to do this and Facebook wants to make it easy for you. I, I don't think this has been easy yeah. in the past. In the past. They have actually said to us, we have no good way to test creative mm-hmm. right now. This is two months ago before Dynamic Creative came out. Now they've got the split testing option and a bunch of other ways in which you can test these sorts of things because you do have to constantly be testing. And I will say this is that you know, if we have a customer campaign that's going well, let's say they're spending $3,000 a day, something like that. And I'm like, all right, CPAs are great. You know, the account manager will come to me like, yeah, the campaign's kicking ass. I'm like, now is time to start doing exactly what Molly just said. Now it's time to start thinking about 
other hooks, other ad copy. Start testing that now before it goes south. And if we're mm-hmm. lucky enough, maybe we actually have other entry points. Maybe we have two or three different funnels. Ideally, like that's the best case scenario. I was talking to a, a yeah. new prospective customer here yesterday. He's got seven ways to get into you know their ultimate product and buy their products. I'm like, that's great. That's amazing. And he's not advertising on Facebook at all. It's like it's an ideal scenario for us. Wow. Um, so yeah, variation here is key. And it's not the easy way to do it. Doing one ad, one ad set, one audience, and just doing vertical scaling like you're talking about, Molly, is just a, you know, it'll work for a while, but then it'll eventually burn out and you're going you're gonna to be frustrated. And I think it's a huge mindset shift. It's great. Facebook's providing these tools, but you as a marketer have to think about this differently, right? In my opinion, the cool, we've got an ad set working. Let's just throttle the budget up. That's a really old school way of thinking. This is a new way of thinking. When someone says we need to scale traffic or the business, you should be thinking about, awesome, what are new hooks that I can come up with that would make this you know, front-end offer appealing to more people? What are new offers? What are new entry point offers? Like you said, mm-hmm. Ralph, you have seven to play with with that new client. That's heaven, right? It's great. Um, you know, what are new targeting options that I can use? You know, what research can I do to find new targeting options so that I can show what's working to more people in my market? You know, when I was always tasked with Molly, let's scale, my mind never went to upping budgets. It went to creating new ad sets, writing new copy, researching new audiences, creating new front end offers, creating new funnels. So I just empowered are you guys to think that way in 2018? It's going to be huge in terms of scaling a business and it's so much more sustainable, right? Because if that one campaign quits working, you're screwed, right? <laughs> but if you have 10 campaigns that are working, you're all of your eggs aren't in the same basket. So yeah. I also recommend going back and uh, listening to episode 33 about the ad grid. The ad grid is a great way for you to plan different hooks and different avatars that you want to show your audience to. So I, I really empower you to sit down and think about how you're going to do this in 2018. So this is episode 133, and then listen to episode 33. Easy to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of background noise. These guys are out there working now, so I'm trying to keep muted here when I can. But um, the other thing is is when you're testing new offers and new hooks and and all these things and having some different layers of campaigns that you're running, you know, spending some money to amplify, like I talked about last week, is that you're hitting different types of people. There's typically people that are slow decision makers and there's people that are fast decision makers and if you're only running like the same type of thing all the time what happens is is you're only hitting those people that are fast decision makers and so when you're testing these different offers or you're running some kind of goodwill campaigns maybe in the background at low budgets you're building relationship with people that are maybe slower decision makers they're the people that take longer to trust somebody but once they actually gain your trust they're the best friend right they're your friend forever and so those are the types of people you can start to hit when you have some multi-layered approaches going. And right initially, like don't overthink it and try to make it all totally scientifically perfect. Just get different types of messaging. And and if you're doing the like the top layer, like I talked about last week, you can you know test different uh, actual campaign objectives because you're going to hit slow decision makers as well. But I love this because even if you get one, if you don't feel like you knocked it out of the park, 
you've actually still made a subconscious impact on a, a big group of people more than you realize. And it might it will probably affect your other campaigns in a positive way. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. think about the three of us here on the podcast. We all are interested in digital marketing. We're interested in business. We fall into similar markets as consumers, right? The things we would buy, the things we are interested in. But the three of us are also very different humans, right? That's, That's right. why this podcast works, right? Like we're very different in terms of personality, the way we think, maybe how we would take action on something. So when you're serving a market with campaigns, keep that in mind. Mind, right? You have something of value to give to the market, but you need to present it in different ways, not only from your copy, but also from your customer journey strategy, the way that you approach those people, right? Your funnel. You need to provide different options so that you do cater to different types of, of human beings. And I think the easiest way to do this is to when you first start a campaign, this is how we do it. We do like a hook meeting on a specific avatar for a campaign. And then we have all these ideas. Probably in the first campaign, we'll, we'll only use maybe five or six of them to test initially. But then we've got this stable of 15 other hooks and ad copies that we can then refer back to. You know, that's the way that we do it. But I mean, think of it the same way. Like if things are going well in your campaign, now is the time to start thinking about these things that we're talking about in this podcast right here. Yeah. Now I need to look at my best ad, my best image, my best video, my best hook ad copy and start creating offshoots of it. You know, if I'm, yeah. if I'm targeting a certain group, you know, for my audience, start doing more research and start testing new potential audiences and maybe a Michigan method format or maybe a, you know, a dynamic creative type of format so that you're proactive, you're ahead of the game. Because when things are going well, typically that means that things will not go well shortly in, in, in our experience because the platform constantly changes. You don't want to keep hitting those same people with the same message. Otherwise, it's just going to die out. Totally. And one of the things that we've really discovered this year, and this is a totally ninja tip for people who maybe are a little bit more advanced, is that let's say you have three offers to the same basic group, like it's a health and fitness world, or maybe it's the, you know, the moms age 35 to 54, or whatever it happens to be with two kids. If you can figure out like, all right, I've got three different offers that work and you test them independently. When you really scale is when you actually put them into their own ad set with the same targeting, with much larger budgets, but have all three offers in that ad set. Mm. And what happens is like you're now dividing and conquering that audience. Let's say it's a 20 million person audience or a 10 million person audience and you're hitting them from different angles. And then Facebook starts to figure out, all right, I'm going to show, you know, this offer to this subset of people in this group. I'm going to show this offer to this subset. So you're getting everyone, but you're, you're hitting them from different angles, not only with different ad copy, creative ideas in the front end, but also a different offer. You know, to Keith's point, everybody's going to buy differently and everyone's going to have a very different trigger. But what we found is that once you figure out like what kind of works, then consolidating it into one big ad set. And now you literally have like a campaign, two or three big ad sets with your three offers going at a much larger daily budget. But that integrates all into what we're saying here. You need to get the data first to figure out what works before you start to scale up in that type of strategy. And it eliminates a lot of the issues that we have with overlap and all kinds of other things that are going on right now with the algorithm. 
Yeah. And other great ways to come up with hooks, you know, whether you're just giving away a PDF or selling a product or service, once you get some traction and you start to get people taking action, you'll start to get feedback from those people, right? And they're going to tell you why they liked that thing. And it might not be what you spoke to in your ad copy. So listen to your customers, right? Listen to why they are taking action because those are hooks that you can now use. There are other people out there like those. So, you know, listen and, and do your research. And this takes creativity. I mean, honestly, guys, like, in my opinion, 2018 is the year where you have to do work, right? Like marketing takes work. Like we all put a lot of time into this stuff, right? Researching, brainstorming, uh, coming up with new ideas. This takes creativity. So don't expect any of this to just be plug and play. Like the most important thing is you have to know why your market wants what you're offering. You have to know what those people are thinking and you have to put in the time to figure out what they're thinking, to figure out a great way to articulate that through your ad and to deliver awesome value. So really keep that in mind as we go into 2018. This stuff takes time. It takes creativity. Yes. And it's high level. So, so many people want to outsource their Facebook ads, you know, to a consultant or just get it off their shoulders because they want to be working on their business instead of in their business. And they don't consider the strategy around their, their paid traffic campaigns is, you know, oh, I'm going to have to let an expert do it. I'm going to hire a 25 year old or something like that, or, or somebody on my team. But really, whether you want to hire somebody to manage your campaigns or not, you still need to spend the time. And I'm talking to you as the founder and CEO, or as the director of marketing of a company, you know, because if you do hire it out, but you actually take the time to work out the strategy around that, whether it's work with someone like Molly or any of us or any kind of coaching that you get when you actually hire somebody to run it for you or internally, it just changes the game in terms of results and understanding if they're doing good or bad. You still have to be involved in the psychology behind what's going on. You know, Ralph and I are working with a client right now. And I think, you know, your all's agency is different because you do provide a lot of the strategy. But I think that the clients that you've had the most success with are probably the ones that give a lot of input into the strategy, right? Like a client we're working on together right now with with Messenger, Ralph. Like the Mm -hmm. reason that's going well is because because those people from that company are involved with telling us what the market cares about, right? I don't know that market. I have the strategies and I can tell you what you should do. But if the business owner, if the marketer, the the VP of marketing or whatever that position is, if they have to provide the why, right? Why, why, what is your market thinking? How do you resonate with your market? It's so important. It works far better when it's inclusive as opposed to exclusive. Just us doing it on our own own because I mean, we can can draw a lot of conclusions and get a lot of do a lot of research and get a pretty good idea. But when the business owner is actively involved, it really uh, helps enormously. And I think that, you know, that example that you mentioned here, they're, they're setting themselves up for success by being involved in it. And that's that's the key because they know who their customer is probably better than 
we do, of course, but also they understand how that customer actually is cultivated from cold traffic into being a customer, knowing what they're thinking, you know, and knowing what, you know, their big frustrations and challenges, frustrations, challenges, you know, divisive questions that they don't know the answer to, which is going to be sort of the basis for this messenger campaign. And that's super helpful to be involved with that. So if you are outsourcing your media, you know, stay involved in it because you know, the business better than anybody. And that's the key to working all this here and achieving massive scale. And an agency can't create new offers for you. Like Ralph can say, hey, it would be nice to have another you know, funnel or another front-end offer, but he, he can't create those for you. So really stay in that state of mind. What other things you know, are these people looking for? How can we continue to provide solutions to their problems? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. I love it. How about uh, let's do a little recap of the uh, three ways to scale and wrap the sucker up and make sure you're on next week for the messenger stuff. To scale horizontally, right? There are really three ways to do that. So testing new hooks for your ad copies. So, you know, maybe you have an ad that's working for you that addresses a pain point. Try new copy variations that speak to feelings, status, tell a story, right? These variations will attract different types of people in your market. Number two is creating new funnels and entry point offers. So creating new lead magnets or new tripwires that you are using to entice people and to get them into your ecosystem. But also think of your funnel structure, right? Uh, Go back to the episodes that we recorded with John Grimshaw. One funnel does not fit all, right? You also need to come up with different funnels that sell in a different way because those are going going to speak to different types of people based off of how they like to learn or how they like to buy. And then number three is just finding new targeting options. What's working now? What other targeting options are most similar to what's working now? What lookalike audiences can you create? Go to Google, go to Amazon, really do your research. Think of books and um, events and tools and any interest that these people might be following on Facebook. Uh, you want to make sure that, that you're present and you're doing your research to find those targeting options. That's it. <laughs> I am. That's it. I love it. Nice work, Molly. Good stuff. All right, uh, that's it for this episode. Hopefully you got some good stuff out of this one. And uh, make sure you're on next week. We're going to go through some tactical stuff and some strategy stuff. And I'm super excited. It's going to really, I think, help you maybe create something that you can leverage some of these recent changes with the algorithm as well. So until next time, we will talk to you soon. Have a great week. See ya. Bye-bye. Toodles. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.